Hello, friends, and welcome back to Somebody Save Us. It's a Crisis on Infinite Earths edition, and I say that because we are this week covering Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 2, which is, uh, if you're following along with all the CW shows, it would be Batwoman Season 1, Episode 9, and uh, we're going to get right into it right after this. Hey, Steve, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Good, good. Yeah, so we are back on our crisis shit. Uh, yes, the big, big, biggest CW crossover event, I believe, in in the um, network and DC TV history. Yeah, well, I think at the time of this recording, the uh, the trailer for the last part of Crisis only dropped, I think, maybe a day and a half ago. Uh, oh yes, and I watched it. It um, it didn't show a lot, but I yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and then like this one, despite being uh, like again, like it were this is a Batwoman episode for all intents and purposes, but it has a lot of Superman stuff in it. <laughs> I think this is probably. I mean, of the three that we've seen so far, this yeah. is easily my favorite. Yeah, same. Um, it has the best uh, character and actor cameos, and we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not the tightest part of the story itself, right? But um, as um, as like obviously half of the uh, Smallville podcast duo, this is kind of the most rewarding episode. Yeah. Yeah. For Smallville reasons, especially. For Smallville reasons, but even for, like, just DC TV reasons, going back to, like, the 90s cartoons. Yeah, yeah, because there's a lot of, a lot of Easter eggs. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. So, I guess, yeah, we can just get right into it. Um, so, the episode opens on, basically, everybody just still reeling from the immediate aftermath of Oliver's death. And we've got Sarah pouring out some shots uh, and Kara and uh, Kate are there with her. And she uh, kind of makes a little bit of a toast about, you know, him making kind of the ultimate sacrifice and living or dying the way he lived. And Kara doesn't really want to take the shot um, because she's just she still feels just super guilty. Well, and she she says like toasting to Oliver's memory to her seems like giving up. Yeah, because they've already seen um, multiple realities be destroyed. Yeah, and uh, and uh, Kara and says than... something to, to to the fact of there has to be a way to get them all back. And my in, immediate uh, a thought process was, first you have to assemble all seven Dragon Balls. <laughs> because yeah. that is like the plot of every Dragon Ball Z. Is, uh, someone died or something was destroyed. So get the Dragon Balls back, get everybody back. Unfortunately, it, that crossover is not happening. But I can't wait until it does. 
It's funny that you say that because are there not seven paragons? Oh shit, there <laughs> are seven paragons. Are they just <laughs> off a Dragon Ball Z story? Yeah, they are. They are. I am, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, like uh like during this scene, Kate's pretty quiet. Uh but she's just kind of like, yeah, you know, she she'll take the shot with uh uh with Sarah. Sarah I think Sarah's the only one who actually takes her shot, but um yeah uh lila flashes in and she's kind of not in like that weird kind of harbinger mode like she's herself because she's just like yeah i haven't told uh uh john about oliver yet so refresh my memory was lila harbinger in the first episode already yeah yeah okay yeah because i was watching this and and, uh, i mean episode the end of this episode and episode three, obviously, probably um, a lot more recent in my mind. I was like, Lila doesn't seem to be acting like Harbinger right now. She seems to be acting like Lila. Um, but yeah, then yeah. I guess that's kind of explained later on. Right. Yeah. And there's kind of a funny moment um, where uh, you hear Ray Palmer's voice saying, you can't just hijack the Wave Rider. And Sarah saying, yeah, I kind of promised we wouldn't have another, we wouldn't do another crossover. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, After the last one, I guess. I don't even know who the legends are currently. That's the thing, is I haven't kept up with it either, and so that's a good question, actually. Like, Uh obviously Sarah and Ray, but, like, uh, last I heard, I thought Firestorm had left the show, so no Firestorm. Yeah. Um, is the metal guy still in it? I don't even. I still don't even know what that character's name is. To be completely <laughs> honest. Yeah. I. Um. Again, I'm not gonna. Uh, make myself look worse by trying to guess who 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 it would be. I assume uh, Mick Rory is still. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mick is is still a Titan. Or Titan. Sorry, I was watching Titans right before this. Uh, is still a uh, a legend. legend. Um, yeah. Captain Cold is not though. Oh wait, um, isn't? I was gonna say Apollo, but it's not Apollo. Isn't the Ray? Yeah, I a, think so. A yeah. legend now. I think so. Yeah. Uh, I it, as any any part of this is basically just like Lila's just like don't worry, we only really need the lab, but we do need a ship. And he, she basically is like, yeah, you know what? There's plenty of other wave riders. Um, and she kind of pops over to Earth-74 and onto a version of the wave rider that has a very chill AI. Ah! Boo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, that's kind of a nice way to be able to have Captain Cold as part of it without him actually existing. He's, I, I, did he leave the show because he wanted to do other things? I can't really remember, but like I actually really liked him as Captain Cold. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, they. I assume he left to do other things, um, but I don't know what. Um, he might be on they, another show. I, I can't. They killed him off before... Like, he was in the Crisis on Earth X crossover. Well, I think they keep bringing him back for things like this. 
right. because he is kind of a fan favorite. He's yeah. a, a fantastic. Uh, the actor does a great job as that character. Um, but I know he's like no like he wasn't he was written off legends in like season two, maybe even season one. Yeah, yeah, because he he died. Basically, he sacrificed himself, right? So yeah. Um, there's uh, so uh, kind of enter Mick Rory, but he's like not really that much different from any like the the uh, Earth Earth One Mick Rory, except for the fact that he has started writing romance novels. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, and Lila proposes a trade, like help us save the universe, and we'll give you beer. And he's like, "You had me at beer." Yeah, I like that he needs a little convincing at first, and I can't remember what, what he says, but her insult is like, look, you're basically living out of your car. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, yeah. But um, as we go back to, as we spend a lot of time going back and forth between, like, Wave Rider Prime is basically, like, the the new base with our 38 being gone, right? So back on, on there... Uh, uh, Maranovu ha- starts to reveal the next part of the prophecy or whatever. Um, uh, but young Jonathan Kent keeps interrupting him. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's trying to talk and baby starts crying a little bit. He's like, can't, he just can't get it out. Yeah. Could you, could you stop the baby crying? I'm trying to impart important wisdom so that you can go and save the universe. And they just kind of like start handing him down the line from Lois to Clark to Kara? Ray, to, to Kara. I think Mia steps right out of the way. Like She's like... Kate, oh, Kate, Kate fully Kate, refuses. Like, nah. yeah. She's like, no. Kate's like, I'm not yeah. touching the baby. No. Yeah. She does a bat... She's, she's a real Batman. About yeah. Uh, so, but, uh, so he's finally gets around to revealing that there are, you know, across space and time, there are seven heroes, and once Link has gotten them all, he can reseal the Sacred Realm and prevent the return of Ganon. Uh, no, oh, no, oh, oh, getting your notes. stories mixed up. Yeah. Although that's a good one too. So seven, so seven, seven heroes. And then once they have the dragon balls, they can, no, they no. can summon the dragon Shinron. Yeah. And he will grant them a wish. Right. One wish. But yeah, so we find out that there are seven, uh, of these paragons. Uh, and of course, as kind of a moment of funny, uh, Mick is the only one who can soothe the baby. <laughs> and he's like totally into it. That's the funniest part to me. And he's just like, yeah, I just made a friend. Cool. Yeah. And then Barry, like Barry's super pissed off that, oh, they're just now hearing about these seven paragons and that. And then the monitor tries to explain that he only recently discovered them because of the recovery of the book of destiny. Um, which shouldn't be possible because they destroyed it in the, um, what was it in the Elseworlds crossover that they destroyed the book of destiny? Um, yes. And so all of a sudden he was able to travel through time to recover it. And then Barry's wait, like, wait, 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 you can recover the book, but you can't bring back Oliver. Which is weird to me because if you have the Book of Destiny, you should immediately be able to bring Oliver back. 
Yeah, because you like can they use the book literally to bring back the heroes the last time they had it, and it took no effort at all. But he's just like, oh, well, uh, for some reason it doesn't work that way, and the book's just sitting in the library. Like it's re- like it's literally in the next room. Just go grab it. Bring all of her back. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It's it's a little frustrating. It has it's like a little plot holy because it's just like yeah we have this we have the book of destiny again because oh it's a lot on, of plot holes. Some, it's, yeah, some, it's... yeah somebody's gonna get that book and then use it for things that we're told about but don't get to see nearly enough of um True. yeah uh so they need to rec- relocate seven paragons uh but hopefully a couple of them are already there like they reveal that kara is the paragon of hope and sarah is the paragon of destiny um and then they're given hints uh, first concerning a Kryptonian who has suffered a greater loss than anyone should ever endure, the Paragon of Truth. And I r- so hoped that this, like, when I was watching this, I was like, oh man, this is this is Tom Welling. This is going to be the one. Like, he's going to be the one to be the Paragon of, of Truth. The, the one that lost? Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, so they decide... Uh, like Lois, uh, Lois and Clark are on the case to go f- find this one, um, and I think is not is it not Iris goes with them. Um, like well, we don't know that yet. It's the, the next, the very next scene is a scene between her and Barry, where she's like, "Oh, the monitor gave me a job too. Right, I have right. to go and look for this." And okay, sure. Yeah, and then the Paragon of Courage is the Bat of the Future. Um, yeah the only hint he has and uh and kate says well too bad because bruce is gone and ray is like wait 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 bruce wayne is the dark knight yeah yeah that's that's, it's a nice little jokey joke thing but she are she's like well batman's gone so you can't have him whatever i don't know i i haven't watched batwoman so i don't i don't know how they've explained that batman is missing basically at some point Batman just left Gotham and then a bunch bunch of gangs took over and then the police have become like a paramilitary group called the Crows. Um, and then Kate returns to Gotham after she went to go look for Bruce and finds everything's totally fucked. And then she takes up the mantle. And actually, I think it's the first two episodes. She's just wearing the bat suit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and then the monitor's like, well, this isn't the only universe with a Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And that's when Ray Palmer's like, whoa, hold on. You're telling me Bruce Wayne is the Dark Knight? And then he kind of like has that realization of, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And Kate's like, could we keep that quiet? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe let, let's not out Bruce Wayne as the Batman to everybody. Yeah. And then um, at the end of this cold open, she kind of shrugs and says, who wants to meet Batman? And then we get the da-na-na-na, da-na-na-na of the opening. But then I think... Is that the, the cold open now? Yeah, that's the end. Of, oh, yeah, wow. that was the end of the cold that open. that long, yeah, really? It was, okay. It was pretty long. I actually thought there wasn't going to be one. But that's that's what it was. I guess I think it's like seven or eight minutes into the episode. I've noticed that Titans episode. does that too. Watching Titans is you'll go for like 10, 15 minutes, and I'll totally forget that there's supposed to be like a title. 
the and then all of a sudden it just like yeah and then it like just flashes by titans and you're back into the episode i'm like well why even do that at this point yeah we know what we're watching guys uh so Kara's looking at the computer monitor like the 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 uh i guess the status reports and watching like the earth 38 being destroyed again uh and she hears a voice behind her that's none other than lex luther and again like i know it was supposed to be crier to begin with but i really wonder which scenes rosenbaum would have been in if he had accepted coming on board it sounds to me like rosenbaum that they didn't number one have a plan as they were going into this they were trying to sign actors to come in and do cameos before they really had a definitive plan right uh and like so it's it's i mean it's fan service but it's fan service that i actually support yeah um so i think like when we get to this smallville part of of spoilers smallville part of this episode that rosenbaum would have showed up only in that section but I think that that section would have been instead of five minutes, maybe 15, 20 minutes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. May, or maybe Cryer would have shown up to meet with that version of Lex. Oh, that's possible. Somehow. To, to, to like, look, I, I, I'm here because I'm your doppelganger from another earth and I'm here to kill your Superman. So yeah. I need to know who he is. And then, then you could have had Lex going, oh, well, I don't have a Superman anymore. I defeated him, blah, blah, blah. Then you go back to the farm. Yeah. And it carries out the way it goes. Like, oh, I was never defeated. I did this of yeah, my own. I give up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that would have been a good way to go with it, actually. Or but, and, like, and I agree. With, I, 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 it sucks that Rosenbaum didn't jump into this. Uh, I will always regret the way Rosenbaum left Smallville. Um, I kind of glad that he came back to finish it up, but like Rosenbaum's Lex feels so unsatisfactorily like the, the end of the end of his story just feels so unfinished. Whereas everybody else in that show, I kind of have like closure and resolve. Yeah. 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 Like, uh, yeah, he is the one, the one character who didn't really get a satisfying end and I, I think even if you include the finale. Oh, I totally, and I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, I will say a couple things here. Uh, one, first time, because I don't really watch Supergirl, um, yeah. first time I've seen Cryer as Lex, yeah. and I liked him. Yeah, again, like, I don't have anything against him being Lex. I just would have also liked to see Rosenbaum. That's all. But, but he's, like, not as clowny. Yeah. As say like Gene Hackman or Jesse Eisenberg, he's not as menacing and doesn't come off as sophisticated as Rosenbaum. Yeah. But I, I, I like, he's good. He's kind of like a really nice middle ground of all of those things. Right. So yeah, I, I actually really like Cryer's Lex Luthor. Uh, the other thing I noticed is that the um the anti-monitor energy that is killing off all the planets and universes that Kara was like looking at on the screen yeah looks a hell of a lot like the ribbon from star trek generations and it I, does I, it looks I like just, the nexus <laughs> yeah i want someone to jump into it see even get like recruit picard and kirk to come and help too <laughs> that, that would be uh that would be pretty good 
I'm in. I'm in. And yeah. just the, the the weirdest, wackiest crossover you can. Throw in a little Doctor Who. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Doctor Who. Maybe get some Stargate in there. You could totally do Doctor Who. Is Rory... Not Rory. Um, Well, he was Rory. But is... What's his name? Um, Arthur Darville still on Legends? I think so. He was totally a companion on Doctor Who. Rory mm. Pond. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so... Um, anyway, totally off track. Yeah, we, we okay. So, but yeah, so immediately they're like, wait, 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 like, what is going on? Like, why is Lex alive? Because he's supposed to be dead. And the monitor was like, oh, yeah, I brought him back to life before I lost the ability to bring anyone else back to life. So, this is the second time now they've been like, well, wait, why not bring back Oliver? And the any the any monitor just goes into this whole um well everybody's got a part to play which i guess he is correct Setting. because as the story goes on and, yeah. and again we'll get there you'll see that oliver does have a part to play yeah and is so i mean the anti mon or the monitor yeah uh is i guess helping things unfold the way he thinks they should, which I guess involves Lex. So it kind of makes sense. It just seems like really like plot by convenience. Right. Right. Uh, uh but yeah, the, like car, uh, Kate, Kate enlists Kara to come with her so they can go save the universe at, uh, you know, um, on, uh, on, in Gotham. Gotham of the future, but elsewhere on the ship. Oh yeah. So when the B book of destiny first appeared in front of the monitor, there was like weird whisper voices and Lila mm -hmm. was like affected by it and yeah. she's continuing to be affected by it. Like she is hearing it and she kind of shakes it off and she runs, like she kind of makes her way with kind of purpose to the ship's library and finds Lex standing there. And he's like, bye. Because Lex all of us just out of the blue, one hundred percent knows how to use the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just and uh, so Lex escapes, and Lila's bent out of shape. But the monitor again, he seems to have set this in motion on purpose. So yeah, that's where he, that, the part you said he basically everyone has a role to play, including Lex Luthor. Yeah. Uh, and then we have the Barry and Iris scene here. Oh, okay, and this is where. Um... Barry kind of really not used in this episode. I yeah, mean, he's I in it, but he doesn't really do a lot in this episode that I remember anyway. Um, yeah. And yeah, so they're talking there like this scene happens. And I want to say in the next episode, they show almost a reverse of this scene. Yeah, it's very. It, but anyway, she's just like uh, Barry saying, could you imagine us being here such a weird thing, blah, blah, blah. And I think he says, he alludes at, at some point in this episode anyway that he's the one that's supposed to be dead, not Oliver. Well, yeah, because it wasn't until the last episode where Oliver and Barry finally got to exchange notes on what the monitor had told them that they found out that they were both supposed to die, and that's where Oliver was like, wait a fucking second. Um, but Iris is like, look, maybe because of the way... Oliver died was wrong about all of about how Oliver died. Maybe it means that Barry doesn't have to die. Yeah. And Barry's like, look, I'm gonna go to another earth with, 
has a functioning Lazarus pit and bring Oliver back to life. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So they've, they, um, cause who decided to use a Lazarus? Oh, oh, um, Oliver's daughter. Yeah. Mia. Yeah. Mia is like, okay, we're using the Lazarus pit. Um, uh, Flash agrees to it. And then they have a conversation where Iris is like, oh, well, you, you, while you're doing that, the monitor gave me a job too. And told me I have to go and help find the paragon of truth. Truth. Yeah. Yeah. But yes. So we cut over to where Mia is kind of looking over the galaxy map, looking uh, for an earth that might have a Lazarus pit. And Sarah is trying to talk her out of it because uh, if you remember, Sarah was actually brought back once with a Lazarus pit as well. Yes. Because Sarah in the pilot of arrow, uh, although played by a different actress, uh, dies on yeah. the on the gambit the, in the gambit. Yeah, so yeah. she dies on the gambit, um, and then there's a whole weird thing. But she eventually she's brought back to life and becomes a shadow assassin under the army of Raz Al Ghul, or but she's not. It's not Raz though, right? It's it's Nissa Al Ghul. Nissa is the one. Yeah, it's and okay. So well, her anyway, and Sarah, the Al Ghul her and Sarah, family. Yeah. Her and Sarah were lovers at some point, and uh, like um, Talia d- did show up. Talia Al Ghul did show up in Arrow eventually. Yeah, um, yeah. She was in the last season I watched, which was seven. seven. Yeah. Um, um, the thing that bothers me here is that this is like maybe the third time Lazarus Pits have been brought up. Yeah. All the Lazarus Pits on Earth One are defunct now. Right. Um, uh, but. It's like every time someone ever suggests using one, Sarah goes into this like holier than thou. You don't know what you're doing. You lose all your humanity, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, Sarah has never once displayed any side effects of having been brought back. Yeah. Other than like yeah. the, the whatever, the resurrection the and then becoming the an assassin. Yeah. Like she, so she's like, you lose your humanity. Well, but I mean, you just became an assassin, you know? Okay. I get it. So you murder people without remorse. Okay. Right. There's a lot of people that do that though. Yeah. You, you can blame the pit all you want, but like it's, there's never explained that like, Oh, like Sarah doesn't have a soul or she doesn't care or can't love because she does all of those things and shows the examples of those things throughout yeah. her course on crossovers of all of these things. So like, what is the repercussion I need to know because I haven't seen it. Yeah, and if you remember uh, Oliver's sister, fuck, I can't, I'm blanking on her name right now. Um, Same thing happened to her. Yeah, yeah. So she died uh, and she had the bloodlust too, but they eventually figured out how to fix that. And then they even figured out how to fix Royce too. Fuck, see? Like, yeah. Like, it's just, I, I don't know. I think maybe they think it might be harder to bring Oliver's soul back because of how fucking damaged he is. Because he's got, like, a dark edge already. Yeah. But I, I don't know, because... When, when we get to that point, I have, like, really real problems with, like, how soon... <laughs> Okay. How soon they brought Oliver back because it fucking completely kneecaps any emotional weight his death had at all. Really. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so anyway, we eventually we do actually cut over to Earth 99 
and Kate and Kara walking up to a very overgrown lo- looking Wayne Manor. And we get like a audio sting that's like right out of the Batman animated series. Okay. I was going to ask you that because that's what I had in my notes as well. I'm like, this is the Batman animated oh. music, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, it is very close to the Burton. Yeah. Danny Elfman soundtrack to the Batman theme, but it's not the same. And I was listening to it. And I'm like, this is definitely not the Elfman theme. I think this is the animated one, uh, which yeah. is great. Yeah. And so they knock on the door and find uh, a kind of a less than enthusiastic, like, I can't remember what the guy's name is. Um, okay. So I want to, and I'll bring this up because I'm not 100% sure, but I believe he is on Batwoman. Yes, he, he is. So the character's name is Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say that it's Lucas Fox. It is. Who is in continuity in the comic books anyway, is the son of Lucius Fox. Yes. Who, if you know at the very least, you know, the Nolan trilogy, Lucius Fox is the guy that comes up with all of Batman's toys. Yeah. So Lucas in the comic books eventually is recruited by Batman and becomes Batwing. Yeah. So he is like a legitimate member of the Bat family. And I think he's now recently changed his name to just the signal. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't know enough about current Batman stuff to say, but the thing that was like a dream for me, I was like, oh man, what if they had done, what if Terry McGinnis had answered the door? Yes. Like what? But what the then? thing is, <laughs> you can't introduce, and I mean, I guess you could have, because this is an alternate Earth, so you're not going to really do anything with it. But right. I think the second you interview, introduce Terry McGinnis, people want a Batman Beyond show now, and they kill off Batwoman before she has a chance. Right, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Because immediately yeah. fans are going to be like, people have wanted Batman Beyond a series or a movie for like a decade or two now. And like Nightwing. As soon as, as, you, just to give it to them. As soon as you in, 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 uh, as soon as you bring Nightwing into anything, people are like, give us Nightwing! <laughs> you, yeah, well, like, well, Titans. As soon as Titans started, it's like, when's he going to be Nightwing? When's he going to be Nightwing? When's he going to be Nightwing? And he spends the entire first season as Robin or kind of just Dick Grayson and you know season two starts up when's it gonna be Nightwing and one of the first things they had to do is like okay here's the suit like will you shut up and stop asking (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh I put like uh I also put like what if like Robo Alfred had answered the door Robo Alfred (laughs) but they get the door slammed in their face because they're like, uh, we want to see Bruce. And he's just like, nah, just closes the door. Uh, Supergirl is Supergirl, though. And she just boots the door into pieces. Uh, Which, unnecessary? Yeah. And then <laughs> like, we hear, you don't then have we to hear the voice. The entire door. And then we hear the voice of the Batman. It is the voice. The Batman. Of yeah. the Batman. It's um, Kevin Smith said this a long time ago. In a yeah. um, a in, a, on a podcast at some point, and I didn't realize it until he said it, but he was one hundred percent accurate. He's like, he said, you know, whenever I read Batman comic books, the voice in my head is Kevin Conroy's voice. It's Kevin yeah. Conroy's Batman. And yeah. then the very next time I was reading a Batman comic, I was like, God damn, Kevin Smith is right. I didn't realize my brain did that. I'm just so used to that being the voice of Batman. 
Mark ha- uh, Mark Hamill's voice is in my head every time I read Joker. Anything yep. of Joker saying anything. Yeah, yeah. The inflection, the way he delivers lines. Me too. Whenever I read it. Yeah. Uh, he he uh, uh, Bruce recognizes Kate right away, but it's not so obvious whether or not Kate recognizes him. But then she's like squinting at him and like Bruce. Yeah. Oh, because one thing that the the monitor mentions when mm. he's giving assignments is uh like when kate's like well bruce is gone yeah so we can forget about that um and yeah. we, and we, and they don't have a wave rider or something so like they can't they're not going to tr- travel to the future and he says right. the one thing that you're all forgetting is that earth 99 exists in the future right yeah. so it's earth 99 is it's progress is ahead of all the other earth so it's automatically already in the future so this bruce is considerably older than what kate would be used to right yeah um not to mention he he's also fucked up yeah he's wearing a full body exosuit which in a way kind of looks a little cheap i mean if not in a way it does look a little cheap but if you actually look at that suit it's not very far off from the exoskeleton that Bruce wears in the Kingdom Come comics. So I will yeah. give them like a kind of nod and props for that is that at least they knew the source material to go for. Yeah. Yeah. And that uh, we, so as they're kind of catching up a little bit, he's trying to put together like how she could be here because she's been dead for five years and he's trying to be like, well, you can't be Clayface because Clayface is a mud puddle. And he's like, you better, she's like, you better sit down. I'll explain this. Yeah, so, and that's like the first little hint you get about maybe this Earth, this Batman being a little off kilter. Yeah. And then we go over to Earth 75 uh, and Lois and Clark are continuing their search for Lois or for, um, for, uh, for their, you know, their Superman, their paragon of truth. Um, and, but they get some info from Iris via like, uh, like their headpieces or whatever they're like, she gets a text or something. Um, they find out that Lex is out murdering Superman. Yeah. And before they can walk about 10 more steps, they look up at a news broadcast and it is like a real cool Easter egg. It's um, in the comic book, The Death of Superman, there is a splash page. It's uh, kind of middle of the book. You open it up and it's this scene, like pretty much exactly. This Superman Uh, suit, I paused it too. His suit, like the crest on his chest looks different from any of the other ones we've seen so far. Oh, really? I didn't even notice that. The blue of his suit is kind of the light blue that Routh's is later on, but without texture, with no texture on it. Like it's very, and the person in the suit is not either Routh or uh, Hawkland. Really? I didn't even notice that because I noticed that it's the same Lois. Yeah, but it's a totally different like Clark. Oh dude, I didn't notice that at all. I'll have to go back and watch that again. Um but it is now I did they didn't allude to like they didn't say that Lex had killed this Superman though, right? Cuz I I'm watching this and I see this and I'm like, okay, so this is Doomsday Superman. Right. 
the yellow cape, the yellow uh, uh, crest on the back of the cape too. Oh, I love that cape. I mean, I I like the all red cape. The all red cape's pretty cool, but I yeah. do like the the yellow S on the back of the cape. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't doesn't Hawkland Superman have a black S on the back of his? Uh, you know what? I don't know. Oh no, maybe not Hawkland's, but uh, Roth's, possibly. I doubt it. No, I, I mean, uh, I don't know about this suit. I'd have to go back and see it. All, but in like in the Superman Returns movie, I believe his cape is just the red cape. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that's like just a really cool scene. I I want to say I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure that it's a different person laying there in the Superman suit, but I'm just from looking at the profile when i had it paused it didn't look like either of them i'll have to, I'll, I'll go back and take a look because it is very quick yeah and it's one of those things where like the first time i watched it i was like oh cool and i i mean my eye catches the the cape flying like a flag more than anything yeah, else yeah. and then i looked over at lois and i'm like oh okay that's that's mm-hmm. this lois who yeah yeah um yeah. And then, and then I just for a second catch like a look at Superman laying on on his side, and don't really focus in on that because he's dead. And my eyes is trying to take in the whole picture that they've recreated. Right. Um, but yeah, I, this is like I said, this is my favorite of the three we've seen so far. And because of what's coming up a little bit here, this is the one episode that I'll come back and watch probably multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. So. Back on the Wave Rider, we get a little bit more of the Barry and Mia and Sarah trying to figure out what to do with Oliver, and so they've enlisted the help of John Constantine. I love the Constantine character. I just yeah. just do. Constantine's just a good character. If you give me uh, like my choice between wizards in whichever you, and I mean, obviously I'm a DC kind of fanboy, but yeah. I'll take John Constantine over Stephen Strange any day of the week. Yeah, I mean, his supernatural powers are cool. I like Doctor Strange a lot. He's yeah. Sorcerer Supreme, very cool, very powerful. Um, yeah. Could could probably lay a beating on Superman. Yeah. Um, just because, again, Sorcerer Supreme, magic, Superman's going to have a hard day. But yeah. it's John Constantine's absolute moral gray yeah that is just kind of he's almost a perfectly balanced anti-hero to me yeah so he's working he kind of helps out to kind of work a little bit of magic and there's like a little scene where he's kind of summons kind of a ball in his hand and then splits it into two universes and he's managed to find an earth with, with a functioning pit and the other, like, me and Barry walk out of the room, and when they're alone, Sarah's like, look, we're only doing this if you can promise me Oliver's coming back with his soul. And he's like, I can't make that promise. He's like, I'm pretty sure. You know, 99% yeah, I, I sure. I think I can do And I, again, that's what I love about John Constantine. He's like, look, man, I'm along for the ride. I agreed I helped do this, but I make no promises either way. I'm just here because... He doesn't even really give an explanation. He's just like, I don't know. I guess it, it looks like it's going to be fun. We're going to bring someone back from the dead. So, and now we get to the scene 
that I feel like I waited a decade to see where it's the inside of the Kent farmhouse and there's a bunch of Lois Lane's Pulitzer Prize winning Superman articles and we pan over to the window and we see out by the woodpile Clark and we find out this is Earth 167. So we now now know, know that the show that we're covering on our regular show is on Earth 167. Earth 167. Um, yeah. Which I don't know what the significance of that number is. Because so far, every number assigned them... to every Earth has some kind of significance. Yeah. Well, what is uh, 99? What is Earth 99 significance? Um, that's a good question. Is that when the animated series came out? No, it had to come out way before that. I feel like it had to come out before that. It may have ended around then. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but Iris, but I Clark, feel like and every Lois. Earth has had a significance so far because there were Batman. There was sixty-six, uh, uh, sixty-six, eighty-nine. Yeah. Uh, um, seventy. So I wonder if seventy-six is significant. Seventy-five. Earth seventy-five was the Doomsday Earth. Yeah. Hmm. I'm sure people have. Uh, with a lot yeah, more time there's got to be a list online this. somewhere. Yeah, but Iris, uh, Clark, and Lois approach Smallville Clark, and he kind of turns around. He's like, uh, "What do you need? Hey, how's it going?" Uh, Iris immediately starts to explain everything, and he's kind of making a bit of a face, but it doesn't seem like he's that shocked by all of it. No, and I actually, like, there's a couple things that I really like here. I, I do like that, number one, Tom Welling makes Tyler Hoechlin look like a child. Yeah. <laughs> Welling is massive. Yeah. he's And, like, he's got, like, that man weight to him now. Yeah. yeah. But he's still super tall. And yeah. so it's just like, goddamn. Like, um, so I like Welling this. Like you said, Iris starts explaining he doesn't question that there's just three strangers have just shown up out of a portal. He's just kind of like, huh? And, yeah, and it's I, almost like in his mind, like it's been a long time since weird shit like this has happened, but yeah, okay. All right. And then, but Lois kind of interrupts, uh, Iris to be like, Lex Luthor's coming to kill you. And, and, and Clark's like, uh, the president is trying to kill me. Yeah, yeah, he's like, oh, that's funny. I didn't know the president was in town. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I so, wonder if he rocks a white suit, though. Well, you would assume. White suit, yeah. black glove. Um, yeah. So we know that, like, that has happened now. Yeah. So, which is great, because we go right back to the Hourglass episode. Like, that premonition is true now. It happened. It's it's canon. Uh, it, literally canon. Uh. And a second later, though, the three of them pop out of existence, and then Lex is standing behind him, and Smallville turns around and is like, um, who are you? Yeah. And he's, he's like, like I'm what Lex. are all these weird people showing up? I'm Lex Luthor. And he's like, you're not Lex Luthor. I love the look he gives him, like, nah. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I agree, you're not Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good yeah. it actually is so good yeah uh but lex starts monologuing and clark is very in, very used to uh monologuing lex by this point uh and he's, he's just kind of like looking around like what disinterested totally oh, he's disinterested. totally totally shrugging it off 
Yeah. And Lex reveals his plan to kill him and pulls out some kryptonite and points it at Clark. And then Clark just kind of curiously plucks it out of his hand and then just chucks it into the field. And throws it away. <laughs> uh, and Lex is like, what? And he's like, oh yeah, I gave up my powers uh, when I decided to have a family. No. And yeah, he's Lex like, oh, yeah, I give up. Um, so Lex takes out the box, which number one to the writers of Supergirl, CW, whatever. If your guys are going to have like kryptonite in an iron container, don't make the container sound like cheap tin. Yeah. They're, like the audio of that container, I was just like, that sounds like a Mentos container. It would have been nice if they would have had like the uh, the lead box from Smallville. Oh, I'm sure that prop is lost. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Lost to time. Yeah. But it's one of those things like if he's going to have that, it's got to be hidden in lead because the whole point is it's in lead. So Superman doesn't know it's there. Yeah. Um, but he takes it out and it's literally like a tin you would keep mints in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I mean, that's a small nitpick, but it was just something that in my brain automatically was like, no, no, yeah. that doesn't work. No. Um, but then. Well, Lex- Clark takes the uh, kryptonite looks at it goes huh throws it away and i laughed i was like that's funny yeah but yeah. i need why and then yeah. lex is so thought, frustrated kryptonite doesn't work on me because i gave my powers away and lex is like you did what you're the most yeah. powerful man on earth you could fly you could smash through buildings you could do this that and he, and he takes a step towards him and steps on like a toy tractor yeah. he's like what would make you and then you hear this crunch and he looks down and he goes no just like absolutely like yeah. he gets it he immediately yeah. gets it he gave up your powers yeah. for children and yeah. and clark is like most important thing in the universe yeah he's like nothing's more important than that uh yeah. and lex takes a swing at him and clark uh well lois uh lois you hear lois's voice call out to uh clark and while he's distracted, uh, Lex tries to take a swing at him, and Clark catches his hand and punches him to the ground, and is like, "Huh, still stronger." Yeah, <laughs> it's another great line. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Lex says uh, Clark took all the fun out of it, and just kind of vanishes. And then we get uh, Lois actually strolling up, and. <laughs> He's like, what's going on? And Clark's like, oh, yeah, some uh, people from another universe came and uh, said that uh, the multiverse is in trouble, yada, yada. And she just laughs at him. Yeah, she's like, ah, oh, Smallville, you told a funny. It only took, like, ten years, but you're getting there. Yeah, um, is... I like that she's still calling him Smallville. Uh, yeah. I, oh, number one, yay, Erica Durant. Um, so we do have, like, Lois and Clark back together. Um, uh, when I The first time I watched this, like... They walk away, and then I watch the scene again, and the second time they walk away, I fucking had to pause it again, because I was tearing up, because I know that this is the last time we're ever going to see this Veloas and Clark ever again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um... I, 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 I There's a couple things in there that, uh, the whole, oh, the girls want you to... Yeah. To, they, they, want, they want you to come and see what they've done. Yeah. Uh, you assume they're cooking or, or whatever. Right. And, uh, and he's like, oh, oh, and what did they make? She's like, a mess. He's like, well, that sounds like a job for us. Us, yeah. And then they walk away, hold hands. Um, and it's just, 
it's it's nice. It's satisfying. It's good to see these characters again after so long and know that they did get a happily ever after. Um, even Lex, in a way, gets a happily yeah. ever after if he becomes president. And it looks like he hasn't nuked the planet yet. Yeah. Uh, but it's also really bittersweet, man, because nothing would have made me happier. And, like, don't get me wrong, I didn't expect this because me and you had a conversation a while back when this was being discussed. And they were like, oh, my God, they're getting Welling back and they're getting this and that. And I'm like, it's not about Superman. This is Oliver's story. This is Oliver's swan song. So at the end of the day, at the end of this crossover event, the hero is going to be Oliver Queen. Yeah. But nothing would have made me more happy than to see Hawkland, Routh, Welling all of them in different super suits yeah. be like like the tri- like a trio of supermen to save the day i'd have lost doing doing my- something like doing something like flying into space and stopping like a giant asteroid from like just anything or like, something get, yeah just uh, i i i it's it's the and we'll we'll different. get there in a couple years but it's the same bittersweet feeling i had with the actual finale of smallville is like 10 years I wanted to see Welling in the suit. Yeah. Like, put him in the goddamn suit. And now he's, now he like doesn't even have powers. So he's never wearing that suit. And yeah. if he's not, he doesn't have powers, Welling, Welling's Clark, that Clark is just never going to wear the S. Yeah. So, bittersweet. Bittersweet. Yeah. yeah. So we cut back from that point back to future Gotham kind of in the middle of Bruce laughing at the idea of being the paragon of courage. And he's just like, we start to see the bitter side of him that is just like, look, this world is not worth saving. This universe is not worth saving. And that he's crossed that line and killed God knows how many people. Yeah. She, um, at one point picks up, he, he says something like, Oh, we're far past the point of saving this planet. And she picks up a piece of paper, uh, like a newspaper, and it says Batman's reign of terror comes to an end. And she reads it out loud. And the look on Conroy's face is this smug smile of satisfaction. And I'm like, oh, he gets off on this. Yeah. And we find out that this Earth's Kate put on the cape and got herself killed. Yeah. Um, But she tries to convince him to be the hero again. We get a really quick scene back on the wave rider of Mick reading his romance novel to Jonathan Kent uh, while Ray is working on his Paragon detector. It's just kind of like a quick little uh, like interlude before they go back to Earth-96. Earth-96 is where Lois, Clark, and Iris run into Routh's Clark Kent. Which is, I believe, the year Superman Returns came out? No, Superman Returns came out in the thousand two thousands, dude, for sure. Did it really? Yeah. Oh yeah, Smallville was on TV. You're right. Yeah, I think I want to say two thousand four, two thousand six, two thousand six. Wow, wow, that's yeah. much later than I thought. But yeah, Lois and Clark and Iris are like, they run into him, and he's just like, Roth, just totally remembers how to play Clark Kent. He knows how to be Christopher Reeve Clark Kent. Oh, yes. His Clark Kent is fantastic. Which, if you go back to the intro of... um, 
to Hawkland Superman, the yeah. very first episode he shows up, he is doing that Clark Kent, and he does it exceptionally well, too. But at yeah. some point, they must have changed and said, okay, we don't want you to do Christopher Reeve's Clark Kent anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I didn't see any of it in the Elseworlds crossover last last year. No, it's I, I don't know how often or how, or how much he's been in Supergirl. Um, yeah. but like very, that very first shot of him is as like Clark and it's definite that he's doing Christopher Reeves, Clark Kent. And they totally and, uh, play, they play the music sting that they always play when like Clark and Lois are having like a, like a staring at each other moment. Yes. And yes. like in the background, Hawkland's Clark is like, what the fuck? <laughs> like he's seeing them make eyes at each other. Oh, no, because they totally play Lois's theme, and I love it. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. John Williams' Lois theme, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but we did, we skipped over something really quick, though, I think. Because mm. um, I want to say... Uh, yeah, well, we, we did. So we kind of skipped over what... The, the point of, like, uh, um, Kevin Conroy's Batman, like, the big reveal... Because oh, no, while... we, we didn't, we didn't, because it, it, we, we get the really quick scene where Lois introduces herself to this Clark Kent before we get back to Wayne Manor and Kara finds all those trophies. Oh, they're intercut. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, cause I have my, Clark... my notes, I guess are going more in a, a non-linear Linear, fashion. Then. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, you, but yeah, you go ahead and like, cause you might've so... caught more than I caught. Yeah, okay, so we have, like, the, the lovey-dovey eyes, which are great. Uh, yeah. And, like you said, seeing uh, Ralph play uh, Reeves, Kent, enough last names for you guys? Yeah. Um, is fantastic. Uh, because, I, I mean, yeah, the movie had its problems, but I was a big fan of Superman Returns. I, like I was it. a huge fan of Brandon Routh as Superman. Still yeah. probably my favorite on-screen Superman suit. Yeah. Um, although I like Cavill's a lot, too. Yeah. Um. But we cut into, go back to Earth-99, back to Wayne Manor, and Lucas is kind of like, I guess, just escorting Kara throughout the house, and she's snooping. And she finds this case, yeah. and she starts looking through it, and she's like, well, what is, what is all this? And I can't remember the first thing she sees. I think it's the, well, the Riddler's cane is there. Uh, a Joker card is there. But she says something specifically, and and he's like, oh, that was this villain's blah, blah, blah. And he alludes to the fact that Batman killed that person. Yeah. And and so she starts looking through this thing, and she's like, oh, hold on, hold on. So all of these are people that Bruce has killed? And then she gets to the top of the case, and there's Clark's glasses? Yeah, and they're just broken. And he's like, Superman, why do you think, why do you think Bruce is in that suit? Or, or she's like, well, hold on, Bruce, you're telling me Bruce killed Superman. And, and Lucas is like, well, how do you think he got in that suit? Uh, yeah. It's Luke, like the fact that at least Superman put up a fight. Yeah. Like, Luke kind of smiles. Like he has like a shit eating look, kind of like a triumphant look. He's like, well, he killed Clark Kent anyway. Yeah. Uh, and then we cut back to, I think we go right back to Kate and Bruce. Uh, we don't right away, actually. We anyway. we go back to 
uh, Earth 96 and we find out that Clark Kent is the editor in chief of the Daily Planet. And there's like the big wall of everyone that's been killed. Yeah, there's a lot of death in it. I want to get a little self righteous here for a second. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to, as I do, because I'm bringing it back to Batman v Superman, yeah. as I do. Uh, it's just, so this Batman had enough, just decided he couldn't take it anymore, decided to kill a bunch of people. Doesn't make him a good guy. Obviously, no. he, he went overboard. He lost that edge. And Kate even says, no, 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 no. Batman has a code. Mm-hmm. Batman doesn't kill. And he goes off on on like some kind of self-righteous tangent of, oh, codes are for whatever. Uh, codes are for Boy Scouts. Yeah. And he goes and he, so I only look at this and I say this because people saw Kevin Conroy come in and play this Batman and like they kind of raved about it. And it was awesome. Oh, and he's great. Blah, blah, blah. This is like the same morality as the Batman and Batman v Superman, which people crucified him for. What do you mean this Batman's killed people? Batman yeah. doesn't kill people. And like the whole point of Batman v Superman is that Batman is the bad guy in that until yeah. you get the reveal that, that Lex Luthor is. It's a redemption story for Batman. Superman brings him back to the side of the good because he's gone past that point. And I just bring it back to this because Kevin Conroy's Batman in this, and maybe the quote comes from something else and I just don't recognize it. Yeah. But he literally quotes something that like Ben Affleck's Batman says, and that the world doesn't make sense unless you force it to. I learned that lesson in laying in a gutter, watching my parents die as a kid kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. like, there's a direct correlation and a direct crossover. And I'm just like, why does everybody accept that one is great and one is not? You know what? It's very weird to me. Anyway, yeah. I love both. I think a big part of it is that like, so many people are so attached to Kevin Conroy as the voice of Batman that they hear the voice of Batman saying these things. And they're like, yeah, all right, that makes sense coming from the voice of Batman. Now, my other question is, is this the animated series Batman then. Uh, I, I just assume so. Right. Cause that's, that's where my brain went as well. Like, cause so this yeah. is animated series Batman just not now in like the flesh. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I guess earth. So back on earth 96, we learned, I like, I assume, I assume the villain that killed everybody at the daily planet was the Joker. They don't name him, but they say some. He calls just some reject. From a reject. That, a reject from Gotham came over to Metropolis. Because uh, yeah, he wasn't enough. I guess I uh, yeah. took took the Daily Planet hostage. Said we weren't covering him enough, and mm-hmm. then gassed the whole building. And if you look at when Routh is saying this, there's a um, uh, a newspaper headline wow. uh, on the wall. And it's the Daily Planet, and it's just a bunch of green gas billowing yeah. out the windows. Yeah. So he doesn't necessarily, he doesn't say it's the Joker, but to me, the illusion is it is either the Joker or Trickster. It's one of those two. Yeah. Yeah. I just have to assume it was, I, I just, in my head, it's Joker. Um, I can see it as Joker as well, just because yeah. then that almost makes it an, an injustice tie over as well. Yeah. Where is in, in the DC injustice storyline, Joker kills Lois. And so. Or Joker tricks Clark into killing Lois. 
Yeah, yeah. He poisons him with kryptonite and then convinces. So he sees Lois as Doomsday and yeah. decides to like go all in and fight. Yeah. And Lois obviously not being able to take impacts from Superman is immediately killed. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, like I think it, Iris is like, look, we you need to come with us, uh, because you're the paragon of truth. And he's like, Yeah, all right. I mean, that's not the weirdest thing I ever heard. And he just kind of zooms out and zooms back in, and we get our kingdom come Superman. And I have to change my underwear. <laughs> like for the second time this episode you're like um, yeah basically and he's got like uh, a little bit of muscle padding in the suit oh there's but... definitely padding but the thing is like it's kind of a crossover texture yeah. between like Cavill's suit Hawkland's suit and Reeves's suit like it's 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 a, it's, it's actually yeah. a great mix of like it's the Superman color of Reeves history suit. It's the color of Reeves' suit, for sure. It's definitely the color of Reeves' suit. And then that crest, mm -hmm. which I've always really liked but never really loved, I finally fell in love with it seeing it in live action because yeah. it's got, like, matte black. Yeah. Matte black and red in the middle, but then the outside of the diamond is shiny. Mm -hmm. It looks so good. Yeah. It looks amazing. And I have, like, a really shitty Superman... Tattoo, like a, a Superman crest on my shoulder that is long overdue for a touch up, and I'm very, very tempted to just get a, like a cover up, cover over of like the Kingdom Come S now. Yeah, yeah, it would be really simple. I mean, you turn it like totally black, black and red. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Like, there's a so kind of, but like it's they don't waste a lot of time here because not a second after the two Clarks suit up and are, like, chilling with each other, Lex shows up and is like, hey, you know what? I got sick of killing Superman, so now I'm going to have Superman kill Superman. And then we get, like, a the beginning of, like, a pretty badass Superman fight. So, yeah, Superman v. Superman. A um, couple weird things in here. Like, uh, there's a part where they fly apart and then they fly yeah. to each other and then they clash mid mid yeah. sky yeah. um and just like sonic There's boom shatters waves. all the glass and i look at this and i'm like okay this is another one where like i remember watching a certain movie i won't name the title of and people mm -hmm. complaining about look at all that destruction all those people are going to get hurt and no one brings it up here that there's literally glass raining down on the people of metropolis right, right. yes that's while that's true the amount of devastation that's created in uh uh the the movie that you're talking about the movie that shall not is, be named <laughs> is so much more and like th like s the main street of smallville gets completely demolished in that movie <laughs> like that's true <laughs> but it's also yeah. one superman's first right. fight against people with equal power right exactly and then the metropolis yeah. thing is 99.99999% of that damage is done by the world engine and not superman he's literally on the other side of earth trying to shut it down yeah um, anyway, I, I really cool. need to do a commentary for that movie and just get all of my aggression out. You <laughs> see <laughs> you screaming. It's like, uh, you, you, it's your, it's your, it's your, Alex, it's your Alex Jones version. It's your Alex You Jones will listen cat. to me and understand that this is the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> um, but I'm watching this fight and, and I, I, it's good. It's one of those things where it's like, 
fuck DCCW, Warner Brothers. Will you just please give me this shit on a big budget on the big screen? Please, for the love of God. Like, I, yeah. I, I like that. One of the things I love the most about DC TV is that they're allowed to take risks. Yeah. Whereas, like, I don't know what the hell's going on with their movie division. It's such a, a nightmare. But as, as watching this, all I could think is, Henry Cavill Superman beats the shit out of both of these guys. Yeah. Like, yeah. just brutalizes them both. Probably breaks their necks. These guys don't... Because, yeah, these guys don't really... They fight the way uh, Reeves' Superman movie fights happened. Yeah. Like, it, it reminds me of the fight between Reeves, Superman, and Nuclear, Nuclear Man in Superman 4. Okay, yeah. Well, and, it, and it is weird where it's it's like kind of swoops towards punching. each other a couple it's almost a dragon ball Bro. z fight yeah they throw each other more than anything yeah so it's like we we spend we're like miles apart we come together we throw a couple punches then we're miles apart again um i did the thing about the glass shattering that i, I bring that up because in uh superman returns yeah there is like a big like sonic boom glass shattering scene yeah and one of the things i love the most about that is it's um at one point, Routh as Superman turns over and is flying. Yeah. So, like, his belly is towards the sky, and yeah. he looks and he uses his heat vision to turn all the glass into sand. Wait. And I'm just like, that's so smart. If you want to get into this whole, like, oh, well, Superman would, would do something to save all those people, which in this case he doesn't, but in yeah. that movie, he does. He, like, literally, like, oh, I'm going to make sure that nobody gets hurt by all of this, like, flying glass. And I was just like, that's just cool. Wait, but if he but if he heats up glass, isn't it just extra glassy? <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I just remember him, uh, do, like, doing that doing and going, oh, okay, yeah. so, yeah, none of yeah. the glass is going to fall to the to the... And I don't know if you actually ever see anybody... Like right. covered in sand after maybe he just totally, well, I mean, he, he does something to it. It doesn't yeah. just turn into nothing. Right. He, he does something. Yeah. I, I, it's been years since I've watched that movie though. Um, like while this is happening, Lois, like Lex is just kind of standing in the building watching it happen. And Lois just like walks up and KOs Lex with the book. Which is great, actually. Oh, no. She doesn't kill him with the book because he's holding it, but she just no, knocks him No, I think it's a Pulitzer. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, is funny. Funny. I, I, it's great um, because you would think that Lex would be like, I've got two Supermen fighting to the death in front of me. That he would be that level of distracted that you could just like walk up and go, oh, I'm just going to knock him out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that would be the one time that he would be that distracted. Yes. Um, the, uh, so they, this, the fight comes back into the office kind of, um, and like, while, uh, like, like Iris kind of, they're trying to start talking, you know, talking him out of, you know, doing what he's doing. Uh, and he is about to laser vision Lois and Hawkland Superman just gets in the way and just takes the laser and they managed to talk, uh, I call him Donner Soups off yeah, his that murder works. ledge. I just call, they just talk him off his murder ledge and they eventually succeed. And we get our Superman three Easter egg here. Yeah. Where he's like, this isn't the first time I fought myself. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple things I like that. Um, I like that 
Hawkland and um, Benoist's super yeah. or Kryptonians have blue heat vision, yeah. Yeah. but that they kept Ralph's red. Yeah. I like that a lot. And it's more of like a, a concentrated beam as opposed to Welling's heat vision, which looks like just kind of fire in the sky. It's wave. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's why I would have wanted to see all three Supermen maybe like heat visioning the anti-monitor or something like that. Oh, that would have been great. Like, even if it was Clark just wearing the plaid shirt, just heat visioning. Just pull out the black fucking trench coat. I don't care. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, that's great. And then um, I can't remember the, the, the setup to the punchline, but uh, somebody's like, oh, my God, God, that's over now. And he's like, you wouldn't believe this. But that's the that's the second time I've gone nuts and had to fight myself. Yeah. And man, it's Superman three. That yeah, fight just scene a good nod three. to Superman three, which was, yeah. as far as like the Donner era movies, most people would agree the last good one. Yeah, um, Superman four is almost unwatchable. Superman four: The Quest for Peace. Yeah, it is. I don't. Know, I terrible. still like him, like just collecting all the nukes and throwing them into the sun. Yeah, <laughs> just, I just like Superman unilaterally going to the UN and going, "Here's the thing, I don't think there should be nuclear weapons." agree and they all agree and he's like okay i'm gonna get rid of all of them <laughs> and then throws them into the sun which just that many into the sun that many nukes would have an effect on the sun i'm sorry like I think? well maybe not 1990 or like 88 number of nuclear weapons but the current someone, someone send this this podcast to uh bill nye yeah and um uh Oh my God, why did I forget his name? Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. Somebody send this podcast to both of those men. If you gentlemen could please uh, answer the question, if we threw all of our nukes into the sun, would there be... Repercussions. Repercussions. Noticeable repercussions. Noticeable, yeah. I, I mean, I think it would at least start a solar flare of some kind. Yeah, you'd I think. Because they would all explode along the same side of the sun, and they probably wouldn't even reach the sun before. They yeah, explode. I think they would probably explode before they got. Well, and that's another thing, though. Would they actually even explode? Yeah, that's because you question. have to set off the reaction for that to happen. Right. Right. Huh. Who anyway. knows? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> on uh, Earth eighteen, <laughs> meanwhile, on Earth eighteen in North Dakota, um. Sarah and Mia and Constantine and Barry find a Lazarus pit that will serve their purposes. And while Barry and Constantine go to retrieve Oliver's body, uh, Sarah kind of reveals some things about Oliver that Mia didn't know. Like that, you know, like they used to get in trouble. Like Oliver isn't like this, like heroic dude that Mia thinks he is. Uh, And then for some weird reason, there's just like a cowboy bandit that shows up. Okay. So now this guy walks in, <clears throat> and I'm immediately like, oh, shit, they're even bringing Jonah Hex into this? But he doesn't have... Jonah Hex in every universe has a disfigured face. Yeah. Um, uh, Jonah Hex, kind of a lesser-known DC hero because he's a cowboy and, like, literally from the past. Yeah. Um, but there's been, like Josh Brolin played him in a movie. There's a Jonah Hex movie out there, uh, which isn't very even all that old. I want to say 2011, 2012. Mm. Um, I remember yeah, the Jonah name. Hex 
is a legitimate, like, DC gray, like, I, I don't want to say hero, but he is kind of, he's kind of an anti-hero. Um, yeah. So he shows up and I'm like, Jesus, they're just like throwing everything at the wall. Uh, except, uh, like I said, because his face isn't disfigured, I'm like, I don't think this is Jonah Hex. He's, yeah, it's just a random So dude. now it's, it's like, like you said, there's just some kind of weird cowboy just walked into this mine. And he just gets the shit kicked out of him. Gets the shit kicked out of him. And then Sarah, holding a knife to his face, starts cutting into his face and says, well, Hex, it looks like you're going to get that scar after all. And I'm like, so it is Jonah Hex. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's just this version, this Earth's Hex hasn't been disfigured yet. Until now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so he gets his ass kicked. And right before Barry and Constantine return and... They they don't even really discuss what's going on. They're just like, oh, they just waste very little time at all getting Oliver into the pit. Uh, and then we cut back over to Earth-99 one more time here. Uh, yes, and... you've got uh, Kate and Bruce not in even, the back. Not even, yeah, not even I think it's, there's actually two scenes here. There's Kate is having absolutely no luck in convincing Bruce to come with them. Kara shows up to let Kate know what Bruce did. And she's fucking horrified. But Bruce is like, whatever. He just justifies his actions the way that you just said before. He's like, he's like, look, like you've uh, like, like you got to do like having a code is all well and good until, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't work when you're trying to like live in this world yeah having having a code is great but when you're fighting people with no code it's a lost cause yeah and then he punches car across the room revealing that he's got kryptonite in the wrist of his exosuit i just want to give another nod to how good supergirl's suit looks yeah her her new suit's great i really like this new suit i didn't think i was going to um, I'd seen, it's really I'd great, seen. and there's like some extra detailing around the neck that yeah. looks like almost pilot wings or something. I don't know what it is. It's it's just a really great suit. Yeah, it's it's yeah. The the belt is kind of Wonder Woman-y looking almost. I didn't notice. I'll have to take another look at that. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's really good. I like that suit a lot. Like I I'd seen early sh- pictures of it, and I was like, well, maybe this is like a concept suit or whatever. But then she was wearing it. I was like, oh, sweet. Um, but yeah, the Lazarus pit, there's kind of a, a kind of an anticlimax where it's like, oh, for a minute, for a minute there, it looks like it's not going to work because this is the same thing that happens every time somebody goes into the Lazarus pit. Like, oh, I guess we were too late. Like it's too, it's been too long and it's not, he's not going to come back. But then Oliver comes flying out of the pit um, and they kind of pretty quickly incapacitate him because he's completely bug nuts. Yeah, he's like in full-blown like Wolverine Berserker mode. Yeah. Um now when he jumps out there's a quick like shot of his face. Yeah. Where it almost looks like it's not him, like he's been almost demonized a little bit and I can't like I've watched the scene a couple times and I'm like did they actually change his face or is it just the lighting? It's so Maybe. Yeah, because he jumps out and he's like really, his mouth is like really wide and he's like, Rah! and his nose is kind of different, like it looks almost differently shaped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they, I mean, that could have just been 
you are seeing you're literally seeing the stunt double. Maybe. Although but or Amel does, could it just Amel been does... the expression on uh, like maybe Amel is just like going full berserker mode. Yeah. And it, maybe it's just the expression on his face. I don't know. I was gonna say Amel does so many of his own stunts anyway, though, that it probably was just him. And yeah. Um but it, again, Oliver being basically back to life about 35 minutes after he died completely erases any emotional weight his death had because he's not dead anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll go back into like how they really kind of seem to be rushing the death and resurrection of Oliver in the next episode, because there's another thing in there, which is very, very rushed. And it's like, okay, well, none of these things is really having an impact because you're not allowing them to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the, and, you know, actually thinking about it, like I haven't rewatched the flash episode yet. Um, and I remember almost nothing of it. Like oh, almost nothing of it. I, like, what I'm thinking of specifically is like the, the moment I'm talking about. It's pretty right. much the only thing I really remember of it. And I'm, I, cause I remember watching it and going, huh? Well, that was easy. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, uh, we'll get there. I'm, I still have to watch it and take notes on it as well. So, yeah, uh, we, we, do, we do one last, we get one last scene in, uh, in Gotham, and we're in the Batcave. There's a very brief fight in which, like, Kate starts kicking and punching at Bruce, and Bruce can't quite hit her, and she knocks Bruce into a panel that electrocutes him, like, Basically to death. Yeah. Um, okay. Kills Batman. Yeah. And his last words are that there is no hope. So he goes out like a punk. And, but as he's dying, he also like alludes to her, like take the kryptonite. Yeah. Yeah. She does. Yeah. He like, and the guy, he's like telling her, he's like, no, you can't trust the Kryptonians. Like take it go yeah yeah although batman's always wrong like batman always starts that shit i don't understand like batman i get batman's distrust of kryptonians because they're super powered aliens but like he's the one who always starts it he's as bad as lex luther in terms of the distrust of kryptonians yeah pretty much but that well yeah no he is actually because the whole thing i was gonna say yeah but he's doing it because he wants to protect earth well why is that's what lex is doing (laughs) so yeah uh, back on the Wave Rider, uh, Ray and Clark trade notes about being the same person. <laughs> that I love. Like Kara walks in, and she's like, "Oh, Ray! Wow, you jacked. are looking buff." And Tyler Hawkman looks over and goes, Actually, "No, no, no, no! That's your cousin." I'll explain later. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so they. Uh, Ray turns on his fancy new device and is like, oh, this thing's not working. It says that the paragon of courage is like right here. Uh, and and the monitor's like, no, no. Kate, you are the paragon of courage. And it was only that they would find the bat of the future in Gotham. Yeah, and yeah. She, they, she, yeah. she is his... the bat of the future. His whole thing is like, oh, I didn't say it was Bruce Wayne. Just that sending you to that Earth would lead you to the Bat of the Future. E, yeah. Which, 
alluding to the fact that yes, Kate will eventually be yeah Batwoman, full blown Batwoman. I guess I don't know. Yeah, they the 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 thing that's happening toward the end of this episode where they were cutting, they were doing a lot of really short scenes, cutting back and forth between the Lazarus Cave and Earth ninety six and Gotham, is that we get one more little scene where they're in the Lazarus Cave and they're just like, uh, Constantine's like, yeah, I can't seem to get his soul back. Well, I tried. And, yeah, and then they're like, oh, or he's he's like, well, hold on, I have an idea. Yeah. And then they all vanish from the cave. Yeah. And then they back on the Wave Rider, uh, Kara and Kate are kind of sitting in like a, kind of like a bunker room, like it's just like at the bottom of a stairwell and they're chatting over a couple of beers and like Kate's like, do those even do anything t- to you? And Carl's like, not really, but like I, I figure, you know, why not? You looked like you needed a drinking buddy. Yeah, yeah, and that's that would be cool. <laughs> just having a beer, just knowing that it will do nothing to you. Well, her, her, and Barry. That yeah. was one of my favorite episodes of the Flash when the, the Flash discovered he couldn't get drunk anymore, so Cisco invented super alcohol to get him hammered. <laughs> yeah. Super alcohol. It's so dumb. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But she basically, Kara is doing what she can to convince Kate that she is the Paragon. The monitor says she is. And she gives her the photo she found in Earth 99, Wayne Manor, of her with her sister. Is that who it is? Yeah. Her sister, Beth, is kind of is a villain called Alice. Yeah. Basically Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. And so Kate's sister is the bad, is the villain of, of Batwoman basically. Okay. Currently. Cause I did, I didn't know if they, like, I didn't know what the relationship was and my mind automatically went to like, um, estranged, um, ex like romantic partner. Well, there is one of those in Batwoman. That's, uh, like one of the leaders of the crows. Um, and is like her, her like stepsister, I think, something like that. It's a weird thing. Um, but uh, so Kara though, like, announces that she's planning on using the Book of Destiny to try to bring back Earth thirty eight, um, because she's like, "How can I be the Paragon of Hope when I don't have any left?" Um, and then, yeah, this is the reveal where as Supergirl walks away. Kate kind of pulls out that piece of kryptonite. She's got yeah. like a little, she's got like a little hidden compartment thing. That's got a piece in it. Well, it like, cause that was the thing that was on, um, Bruce's uh, wrist. Batman's wrist on yeah. like his exoskeleton. So she pulled, I guess that entire compartment, which again, you would assume is made of lead pulled yeah. it off of his, uh, off his suit. suit. Yeah. Uh, and then the last scene, we see Lila tossing and turning in her sleep before being teleported to the hall at star labs where everybody always has their conversations. Um, and, uh, we get our first look at the anti-monitor, uh, who pretty much is just a white walker from game of Thrones. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Looks like the night King. Yeah. Um, I, I, assume and we said this in a previous show i assume it's played by the same actor because he has the exact same voice 100 percent is for sure um so the makeup is good because it doesn't like facially look like the same person no uh he's got, he's got a I lot of like extra facial ridges yeah 
Yeah, their that their suits kind of mirror each other is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. A, a seemingly weird, lackluster intro to the character to me. It's like, yeah. guys, guys, we're gonna we're gonna intro the big bad. We're finally gonna see the big bad. This is it. This is his big unveiling. And he just Let's walks around a walk corner, down a hallway. Yeah, and we see his shadow it. coming first, and he's walking yeah. really stiffly. But like this guy is all powerful. You don't have him like materialize or yeah. or like zap Lila to a different reality or right. like nothing. He just walks down a hallway. Yeah. Okay. But that's, and I, I mean, the TV yeah. or budget is probably going somewhere else. You spent a lot on the Superman Superman fight. Right. But like like this is your big bad. This is the unveiling and you get this. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's not uh not all that satisfying for sure. Um I think I think we hit everything in my notes. Um Yeah, the uh the the Ray Palmer talking to Clark Kent going, "Oh, so do you have a gluten allergy as well?" is just funny. Um yeah. Great moment in that in that like they at least they're not shying away from the fact that they look exactly the same like are the same person right um which is and i i actually kind of really dig the fact that we have these doppelgangers going throughout the universes and it's just now generally accepted that it's not always going to be the same person and look the same like right the flash is barry allen as we as we see him is grant gustin but also the uh john John Sh- William Ship is that his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, but like he's also the Flash. He's mm-hmm. also the Barry Allen of another Earth, and that like okay, well, Superman has three different faces now, and yeah, you no, know, I just kind of like that. It's just generally accepted now that they don't have to look like the exact same person on each Earth, right? So they could have any any number of of uh like people from the past who have played different people. Which I like. Uh, WB, DC has always been really good at that. At like accepting that once you've been part of the the DC family, you are a part of the DC family. Like the imagine still celebrates uh, Adam West and and um, I was going to say Keanu Reeves uh, and uh, <laughs> Christopher Reeves. Uh, as <laughs> uh, much can you as imagine back the day like you are you are part of the DC family once you ingrain yourself into it. And if you prove to be like a good ambassador of the brand. Right. Can so, you imagine a universe like say we we lived in an alternate universe where Christopher Reeve never fell off that horse and was still alive today and Margot Kidder was still alive that this crossover would have had our, our like Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder scene. I, I totally could have seen it. I, if Christopher Reeve had the accident not happened would still be in alive and in impeccable shape. Yeah. Um, so he easily could have, and 100% nailed kingdom come Superman. Yeah, um, he would have been a little old for it, possibly. Well, I don't know, man, because in the Kingdom Come, like Superman, when Wonder Woman tracks him down, he's been in exile for like years and is living on a virtual Smallville farm. 
Because right. he's locked himself away from humanity, but he's got like a beard. He's got gray in the temples. Like he's right. aged, and Superman right. age is way slower than everybody else. So, yeah, I just think about their ages in in terms of uh, con- contemporarily. He uh, Christopher Reeve was isn't that much. Maybe ten years younger than Adam West, and Adam West was super old. Yeah, he, but I mean, Adam West right. was never in the shape that no, Christopher Reeves wasn't. was. You're right, you're right. Um, Christopher Reeves would have been, uh, let's see, he was t- probably in his mid-20s when he did Superman, and that was the 70s. So 30, yeah. 50 years. Oh, okay, yeah, I guess he would have been late 60s, early 70s probably. Yeah, you're right. Might have been a little bit too old. Might to, have been to a do bit it. over the hill. He could have been a Clark. He could him and him and Margot Kidder could have played a version of uh, Jonathan and Martha Kent. Oh, that would have been nice. Yeah, that would have been really nice if they'd have gone to another Earth and they were Jonathan and Martha and just done like a a quick Superboy cameo. Yeah, for no reason. Like, ah, uh, no, you're too young. You're not coming with us to to fight at the end of the universe. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, like, overall, like I said, this is my favorite of the three that are, that are out so far. Really, right. really enjoyed it. Um, I'm, I'm getting to this thing with DCTV in that the, um, the lack of budget and retread storylines are starting to get on my nerves, if that makes any sense. Like, because I watched this, and, and I said it during the Superman, when we were recapping the Superman-Superman fight, like, I see things like this... And I'm like, okay, now kick a lot of money towards this and make it a feature film. And I just, there's this disconnect between DC TV and DC motion pictures and what Warner Brothers is doing with both of them that is starting to, as a DC fan, get on my nerves because it doesn't seem like anything is really working it needs to go. I don't know. Does that make any sense? And I know, like, I'm not shitting on the fans of these things. I totally understand why, if you're a major fan of these franchises, why you love them. Because I am, too. I mean, I unabashedly defend Batman v Superman at every possible opportunity. <laughs> um, and I just, I don't yeah. know. Man. All right. Yeah. Uh, we already We already know what we're doing for next week on our regular show. Do you want to find out what's next on Crisis on Infinite Earths? Uh, oh, do we want to do that? And we can. Did what, what, on the last episode, what did we do is, oh, we did the tease for Obscura, right? For Obscura, right. So we've done Well, then that. I guess we should find out what happens next on the next Crisis. All right. So on Crisis on Infinite Earths, part three, Pariah enlists Black Lightning to help stop the anti-monitor after the Earth of Flash, or the Flash of Earth-90 shares what he learned from his battle in Elseworlds. With the help of Black Lightning, Barry, Sisko, and Killer Frost come up with a plan that could save them all. Meanwhile, Iris has a heart-to-heart with Ryan Choi, Ryan Choi, while Oliver and Diggle return to an old familiar stomping ground. Cool episode. Yeah. Um, especially because, uh, and I, I didn't know, maybe it had leaked out, but I had been told, or I had heard in the follow-up, in the run-up to this, that Black Lightning was not going to be part of it. 
Yeah, so, I was surprised. So very cool that he does show up. Uh, mm-hmm. Ryan Choi, huge surprise. Yeah. Um, Ryan Choi, I know best on uh, because of the new 52. I want to say it was maybe it's Rebirth. One of the mm-hmm. two, the relaunch is Ryan Choi is Omac, which is a, a very obscure DC uh, character. Um, but also, I believe that he at some point is also the Atom. Yeah, that's what my um, that's what my hesitance was because I like he I I didn't get who he was at all. Um, and I was just like, who is this guy? Like, maybe he'll maybe he'll be the one who replaces Ray Palmer. I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very weird because yeah, just like out of the blue, they decided they were writing Brandon Routh off the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, so very, very weird to me. And it, it does seem like they're going to make Ryan Choi, because I don't see them bringing Omak into it. Omak is a very weird, obscure character. Um, uh, and Omak actually stands for something, and I, I never remember what it is. Uh, but it's I guess it's it's almost DC's version of the Incredible Hulk. It, like, it's sort very of. kind of similar, where it's this... I don't know. And and the, the version that I've read anyway, I'm not a huge, I'm not a fan of, of the character and I don't really know the origin, but I mm. believe it was a Jack Kirby invention and that's why he keeps showing up because, right. Cause it's a Kirby character. Right. Um, but I, I believe if they're introducing Ryan Choi and if this guy's going to be, I can see him being introduced to the cast as a regular on, mm. um, legends, on and legends being like the yeah. new Adam. Right. Or, yeah, getting to that point at least, right? Because, yeah, I'm not sure if Routh is part of this season of Legends at all. Oh, he must be, because okay. he is playing the Atom in this crossover event. Right, right. So he's, he's so, he has to be. Um, yeah. I just assume that in, like, the resolution to this crossover... Something that, will happen, maybe. Yeah, I think maybe... Maybe they'll do that, like, the meme where everyone said Ant-Man was going to shrink into, like, a really small thing and then fly up Thanos' ass and then just expand, and that's how they were going to kill... Maybe that's what's actually going to happen. To the Anti-Monitor? Yeah. (laughs) That's how the... Adam's going to kill him that way. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, good, good. Like I said, there are things that, although it's a five-episode arc... We've already discussed it in this a little bit. We'll discuss it a lot more in the next episode. There are things that needed, in my opinion, to breathe a little more than they do. It seems like they're really hopping a little too fast from thing to thing to thing to thing. Um, I almost wish it was like a 10 episode crossover event, but I understand why it's being done this way. You have five television series that essentially have to go on hold to tell this one story and then jump back into the storylines that they're already telling. Right. Uh, um, maybe I just don't like really maybe how it was directed so well because just because like, yeah, once we get to that midpoint where we're now between we've got, we've found the paragon of truth and we think we've found the paragon of courage in Bruce Wayne, we start hopping between those two stories and maybe we should have just left the Oliver Queen plot line off to the side completely and just put it find a way to put it into the third part instead that's that not a bad spent, idea we could yeah, have spent let, so much let more Oliver's time death sit for a while right 
Like, that's not a bad idea, actually, at so, all. So little of it is resolved anyway, with the next, even with the next yeah. episode. That like, I, I think it's also that like second episode in, and we've already seen Welling. Yeah. And we've already seen Conroy. And don't get me wrong, it's awesome that it happened in the same episode. To me, yeah. that's really cool. Um, but as soon as like Welling and, or as soon as like. Smallville, Clark and Lois start walking towards the farmhouse. Like you said, you now know that this is the last time you're going to see them. Yeah. And I, Conroy animated series, Batman dies is killed by Kate Kane. The last time you're going to see him too. So when, when I say like both of those things were really bittersweet, it is kind of because it's like, all right, well, this is a final goodbye. And not nearly as much as I wanted, even though it's kind of selfish of me to to say that because I didn't know I was going to get this at all. Yeah. So yeah, I was I was already sure I'd seen the last of Smallville. Oh God, yeah, like twenty years ago. So. Yeah. No, I I mean that thing is we'll we'll I mean yeah we'll we'll get to part three in two weeks. Uh, when you're hearing this, um, and uh. Yeah, and so yeah, next week we have our regular a regular show. We're we're watching um, Smallville. Ep- what episode is it? Nineteen or twenty? It is episode twenty of season one. Will be Obscura. Obscura. That's um, that is an episode of Smallville. It is. It is an episode. I will tell you. There's some good stuff. We'll have fun with that episode though. Yeah. So I guess um, I guess until next time. Do we have like a crisis sign off? Somebody, 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 crisis, crisis. It's a crisis. That's horrible. Horrible. Good night, everybody. <laughs>